Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And it's time once again for you to five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA. Head on over to abcboxing.com to read the scoring criteria. You know, I was thinking I should probably do a second run through of what my uh, what my what my social handle is. Okay. You know, like you say it, you say it slower the first time, and then you say it quicker the second time, so you don't. You know. Oh, Mister Progressive over like here. Like the, the Progressive yeah. commercial, exactly the one turning into your parents, because that's <laughs> when I when I as I was telling Dan when I call <laughs> and I only do this for like businesses or if it's like I'm trying to reach out to like the school. Well, I don't not the school because they have my phone number, but if I'm calling a business and I want them to call me back. I do say my phone number slow the first time, you know, number, no, 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 But then the second time, I'll repeat it back a little faster just to make, you know, I try to make it so that you don't have to listen to the message a second time because I hate when I have to do that, too. They just give me the number one time and I'm like, I, I got six numbers down. I'm like, damn it, I don't have them all. <laughs> so I have to go back and listen to it again. I hate that. So I'll try. I always try to do it twice. And hopefully that makes it easy enough for them to do it just one listen through. I try to be considerate. And then the progressive commercial just makes fun of people like me. And it made me feel sad <laughs> that I'm turning into my parents. All right. But those you, are good commercials. But you know what I did appreciate of, of those commercials, Dan? Mm. Maybe I've mentioned it even on the show. I don't even remember. But the one where they're at, at the end of the movie theater, right? When they're at the movie theater. And there's yeah. the woman who's clapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as you know... Because I've seen a movie with you before. Mm -hmm. That is an extreme pet peeve of mine when someone claps at a movie theater. So when when he goes to her, uh, no one no one who made the movies here. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's exactly. It's literally my exact train of thought. So yeah. that's where I'm not turning into my parents. Yeah, it's not a premiere. Yeah, where the people are there. When I go to when I go to a Broadway show, I stand up, I clap because they're right there. I want them to know, hey, you did a good job. Mm. When, I, I I don't go to a lot of Broadway shows, but when I do, that's what I do. <laughs> and if I went to a movie premiere. And I did one time go to, uh, it was a, a friend of ours, someone I used to work with, uh, significant other. They made a film. They directed a film. Okay. And they were there. So, yeah, I stood up and clapped. That, right. that was that was protocol, right? But unless, you know, Robert Pattinson was in the theater when I went <laughs> to see the Batman, I'm not clapping. Yeah, you don't have to clap. Anyway, we're- Same we're thing on... as when the, when the plane lands, don't clap. <laughs> well, you know what? At least they're there. At least they're there, yeah, but I mean- and then you really you're just clapping for yourself that you didn't die, and that's okay. Uh, I, okay, congratulations, I'm still alive. I I would be happy to not die after <laughs> yeah. flying through okay. you know air and in, in a giant metal tube. <laughs> 130 years ago, they weren't doing that. <laughs> anyway, we got to get back to fights here. We actually got a lot of rounds to do because Dan, we're doing a double feature here. We're gonna do UFC and Bellator. Yes, full slate. Full. We do not usually do that. We typically don't. No. This was a big card for Bellator. Usually, though. I gotta I gotta twist your arm to do any Bellator. I enjoyed the main card. I didn't get to see the prelims yet. No, I mean, but like so, honestly, the the main card, even on paper, it looked superior. It just right. it did look better than the than the UFC card. That it was did. undeniable. Yep, you know, it really wasn't. Um, and they also had lost a fight along the way. Well, so they gained a fight that was moved up to the main card, and then it was scrapped entirely. We don't have to go deep into it. But it, was, it was that light heavyweight fight, Christian and the limbs. Okay, but anyway, yeah, we've got we've got a lot. We're gonna start with the UFC. Before we do that, of course, we'll go through a quick little starters. And, and one, if I think the lead would really should be Bellator because it was the biggest fight mm. of the uh, of the weekend here. Pitbull 
Patricio Pitbull got uh, the unanimous decision victory over Adam Boric. Continuing the streak. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, Bellator really just kind of can't get to break with their five round main events. Yeah, five round mains just not delivering. This one, I mean, there were some split rounds here. We'll we'll get to those later on. So it wasn't like a clean sweep, but there was one card that actually was a clean sweep there. So it kind of, mm-hmm. and I think no matter how you had the scorecards there, it was hard to watch that fight and say, hey, I wonder if the other guy won. Everyone, yeah. everyone knew. All three cards had the same winner in, in Patricio Pitbull. The crowd was booing. Pa- crowd was not into it. Pitbull no. was not happy with the crowd. No, no, he didn't like that either, but <laughs> what are you going to do? He, he got the win anyway. Um, but neither here nor there. Realistically, I just want to ask you one thing about Pitbull because at this point, we've kind of seen him run his course at 145 pounds. I thought this was going to be a legitimate challenge, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't, and I think that shows just how far ahead of everybody who can make 145 yeah. pounds he really is. Just not interested in seeing it anymore. Question is starting now. It's now starting to come up about the idea of him maybe going down to bantamweight. He, it's it's a subject that's been broached before. Mm-hmm. Last year, I asked him about it actually last week in mm-hmm. advance of this fight, and you know what he had told me and he's you know kind of starting to say this a little more it's getting asked a little more is that he wanted to do this fight the one that he he won over Adam Borch he wanted to defend his belt he wants to defend his belt one more time mm-hmm. and then after that he thinks he might go down and challenge the bantamweight title okay that was that was what he had said to me a week before this fight okay what do you think about the idea of him going down there and potentially being the first uh, as far as major organizations go, I can't think of anyone who's won a championship in three different weight classes. What do you think of the idea of that? Do you like it? Do you not want him? Because obviously, I, that's it's a it's a deeper cut. Here's the thing: I think he, um, I think he mentioned also exactly what you just said. He was planning on fighting Pico if if he won tonight. Right. Didn't and know that one. That didn't happen. So now, then he's like, so maybe go to one thirty five now. But I think one thirty five is very good division in Bellator. I mean, part of the, you know, there's timing involved here because they're yeah. still going through the, the, the Grand, Grand Prix. Prix. So it's not like he can do anything about it anyway. It might mm-hmm. make sense for him to take one more fight before that, just for sheer timing yeah. and staying active. I thought, you know? I thought I read somewhere, have him fight Pettis for the belt and then have the winner of the Grand Prix, the Unified. Ah, okay. That I, would be I read interesting. that somewhere. That's an interesting so, thought. I don't hate that thought. Don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, I think he could. I mean, it's Pitbull, so he, he he could do it, but that is a tough division. And, but also, it's like he's not he's not a big guy, but also he's kind of thicker for forty five. Mm. Like he he's not he's not so big that he couldn't make it. But I think he's one of those guys that routinely comes. I mean, he told me he usually comes to the cage between one sixty and one sixty two. So he's fifteen pounds above his weight for for a forty for a featherweight fight. This is specifically for featherweight. Mm. So. He's already cutting and and gaining quite a bit of weight back here, right? He'd I, he'd probably have to lose a little bit of mass. He's wa- he walks so. around. He said you know between fights he's walking around between like one like around one seventy five, between one seventy one seventy five. So so big, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but well, a lot of guys walk. This is just walk I around, know, dude. I mean, he's so... not he's not training at that point, but right. yeah. I mean, he would probably have to really like diet to get down there and do it in a healthy way, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's it, that's the only question I have is, is is can his body really get down there? In theory, he can because he's getting not big, but. I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah, well, if he can get there, I, I'm fascinated by the idea that the fact that he could potentially accomplish that, getting a third belt, because of course he won the lightweight belt at one point. He was he pretty much just gave up the belt so that his brother could fight for it. Okay, good yeah. brother. He's just done with it. I mean, I don't think he was that interested in competing there anymore. He and he 
he beat Michael Chandler up there. It's not like he beat mm-hmm. nobody up mm-hmm. there. The guy could he could go over to the UFC and compete at either weight class. He I'm is, sure, yeah, he I'm is sure a he fascinating could. fighter. Like he, I saw, I forget who posed the question, but someone posed the question tonight, and, and we're actually talking right now, uh, you know, not long after these fights, right? Someone posed the question. Is he this? Is he? Are he and Fedor the two best fighters to have never fought in the UFC? And I had to think about it, and I, I, don't know, I probably still have to give it a little bit of a deeper thought, but I'm inclined to say yes off the top of my head. Yeah, it's close. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, hey, I, I got to think about. You'd it. have to give it deeper yeah. thought, right? right? And, you know, that's fine. You don't have to commit to this for life. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have anybody that I think record checks us at home. If you do, I I really hope you find something else to do. (laughs) I just, I mean, may I recommend PlayStation Five? There's a few games that I could I could give you to play that are really good. (laughs) Don't don't sit there and keep records of our show. That's just silly. (laughs) That is silly. But um, yeah, I I have to think if he's not number two, he's probably number three. You know, yeah, he's he's on the list. Yeah, he's he's definitely on the short list. And and it's unfortunate if we never do get to see him kind of go over there and challenge some of the other names because i think i think he's just i mean i saw the payouts for tonight so i don't know if i mean no i don't know if so... he's if he's making a comfortable living i'm not saying he, no, no he i'm, needs s- to I'm not saying the that. payouts were less than i thought well what was what he, was his payout 150 i bet you can make i think close I think, to that in ufc i think i think you'd get more does he want to though that's well, that's the other thing he's comfortable it, there it, yeah. he is comfortable there well, so what do you get? What's he getting outside sponsorship? So, but you know, one thing he, he also mentioned to me though, and this was kind of what I made this like the, our little headline thing for our story when I talked to him, right, for the Q and A, was that he doesn't necessarily think that Jose Aldo is done fighting. He he got the sense like maybe he didn't want like this wasn't necessarily his decision to mm-hmm. stop fighting, and the idea that hey, if if he was able to come over there, he that would be an interesting fight him and and uh, and Aldo and Bellator. Mm. That would be yeah, fascinating. I'd be, I'd be up for that. I could get behind that hardcore. Yeah, even though they played their Jose Aldo tribute tonight. They did, they did. But think about it: like how many, how many? Let's let's not say pay per views, but you put Patricio Pitbull against Jose Aldo up against any UFC fight night. I'll bet you that's the better fight. Yeah, that's one of the best yeah. fights you can make uh, outside of like championship fights. I feel like. Yep. That'd be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see that. I don't. I don't know that we're ever gonna get it. I. I. I kind of <laughs> believed that he was actually done because I. I got the sense. Remember, we were talking about it last week, yeah. I think, or one, one or two weeks ago. We thought that he was, or at least I thought that maybe he just doesn't want to chase it. You know, if he's not gonna get a championship anymore, right. what's the point? So yeah, that's. I hope he stays retired. But man, if if there's an opening, man, I want to watch that fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, before yeah, we don't we don't need to keep going too deep into this. Um. Let's stay with Bellator real quick before we go to the one UFC thing here. In the Aaron Pico fight, you mentioned Aaron mm-hmm. Pico. He he fought on this main card here. So it's kind of I don't know if it was necessarily a showcase fight, but what they were hoping was that he might get a win, right? In theory, yeah, uh, and that he would be able to challenge, like you said, Patricio Pitbull. Does not get the win. Jeremy Kennedy gets the win because he uh, looks to have dislocated his shoulder, right? Yeah, something like that, right? Uh, Scott Coker said it was there was no there's no bone fracture or anything like that. He said afterwards, mm-hmm. so at least there wasn't that kind of you know damage to the clavicle like the ringside doctor was speculating that there could be. Yeah, I think they said it was either broken or it dislocated at the end of the clavicle. Sure, sure. So. It, and I am not a doctor. Don't come to me with me your either. maladies, but 
I'm not. It a sure doctor. looked like it was a dislocation. I mean, we've I've, seen that injury before. I've seen the way that shoulder pokes out before. I'm not a doctor, but I thought it was a bicep tear or a pec tear. Okay. The way he started pointing at it at one point. Well, I was looking so at was the like, way oh. the the, yeah, the bone was poking out. Yeah, I noticed that later. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the thing that I noticed the most was the mm-hmm. way it was poking out. And I've seen fighters like that before in, in mm-hmm. fights where you have two. Yeah. One that comes to mind too was a it was actually a Jim Miller fight if you remember way way back because he's had a billion of them in the UFC. Yeah. But it, I think it was Steve Lopez was his opponent. Okay. It was like early in his UFC career, like one of his first maybe ten fights, so mm-hmm. like thirty fights ago, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere along there. Um. But yeah, and his tenth fight was thirty fights ago. Something along those lines. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was like Lopez. Like I don't know, he threw his shoulder out or something like that, and he like pointed to it, like indicating like he was done fighting. Mm-hmm. Total opposite of Pico here, who's like yeah. trying to get, like, no, I'm his quarters trying to get it back in. He's it ripping like, it. Oh, it was God, wild. That was, that was brutal. That was wild watching this, and yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like the referee's gonna do something here. Yeah, the referee but... just happened to be yeah. the man who helped instruct us in the ways of MMA officiating, particularly refereeing, when we mm-hmm. went up to the training at ABC, and that's Blake Grice. Yeah. It's like... So when we saw him in there, I'm like, okay, this is this is somebody who's been through it. He's been through the ringers here. But I want you now this was obviously a very unique situation anyway, where you don't see a fighter having their shoulder try to be yanked out to fix yeah, it in for, the corner. It wasn't even getting instruction. It's just like get no, my shoulder right. It really was focused on just getting his body ready again. <laughs> Uh, and you know, he's kind of putting on a face there, Pico, and he's got, you know, it's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. He like, can't lift his arm all the way up over his yeah, head. The doctor asked him to lift his hand up. What did, what, how, I guess let's, let's cut to the chase here. What did you think of the way, uh, Mr. Grice handled the situation? He got the doctor's opinion. Doctor mm-hmm. looked at him and was like, ah, and he's like, you're the doctor. Make you, mm-hmm. you tell me. And he's like, I don't think so. And then Blake made the decision. Okay. We're not fighting. Yeah can't lift your arm up we can't put you out there with one arm yeah we're here to protect you from yourself yes no matter how much you want to fight that's our job to protect you from yourself. and that was more or less so. like the summation of of the conversation between uh josh thompson and and, and big, big john, john mccarthy yeah. on the broadcast mm-hmm. too because you know you had the fighter coming at it like no 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 i want to fight this uh, you got robbed of the situation yeah, come on yeah, come on, and then Josh. Big John comes in at least with with a level head in this one and says yeah, yeah. at least josh walked his comments back a little, bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, because he was a little way, way too far. It was crazy, guy. Come on, <laughs> chill. It was. I thought it was handled very well. It was. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate that it was handled well, but nonetheless, it was handled well, and it was fortunate for for Aaron Pico because I mean the guy couldn't defend himself. He didn't. Like, lo- he didn't lose anything, and like um, his opponent, who was his opponent, uh, Jeremy Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy. He said it was getting easier, and I was like, I think something's wrong. But yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. So mm-hmm. no, nah, I mean that's yeah, not so. his job. That's yep. not his job. Mm-hmm. Good on him. I, it w- I think a rematch would be okay. Yeah, why I'm not? okay with a rematch. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate that, especially for Kennedy, that that he's in this situation where he got a win and now he's got to almost might have to prove it again, right? But yeah, I mean, well, at I think one it's okay. at one point, Pico stops fighting and he's just he's trying to yank his own shoulder back in. He's right. He's, he's put no no defense in in anywhere. He's just kind of just hanging on hoping to get to the end of the round yeah i mean look it's it's just an unfortunate situation but i do think i i think everyone handled it well i think they did the right thing and ultimately uh protecting aaron pico so Mm -hmm. i was glad to see that Mm -hmm. and uh good job by again our instructor uh blake yeah that was awesome Mm mm-hmm and one thing before we get to the ufc rounds we will go over to ufc here obviously it was you know it was a good win from yan jiao nan in the main event over Mackenzie Dern. 
we've got a round in that fight that we'll discuss. But the only thing I want to talk about before we get to this card, because honestly, the card itself really didn't interest me very much going into it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't love the decision that ended up uh, happening midweek where they said, okay, close to the public, close to the media. They're not talk about why whatsoever. I couldn't get an answer out of my UFC people I deal with. No one would say anything. Dana's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you guys a week off. <laughs> they had a week <laughs> off last week. They had a week off next week. He's just being a dude. Um, Mark Zuckerberg obviously showed up. It was rumored that he was there. It was rumored that he rented it out. Dana called it total BS. Uh, apparently, it wasn't total BS. Maybe just partial BS at most, you know, because he's there. Yeah. Obviously, you're not as bothered by this as me. What I do you think? Of I it? don't. I don't care at all. Because if I was a billionaire, I'd be calling Dana White every week. And hey, can I have the apex to myself? But I would also include my friends. I would. Yeah, ask... but he doesn't have friends. Well, that's not true. He's probably got a lot of friends on Facebook. Yeah, he does. So I would. I would do the same thing if I had the money. I'd be like, hey. Do you think he sent like a Facebook invite out? Like an event, he, he might, and then you know everyone yeah. left it. I as, mean, it they, I nobody mean, read it because no one's using Facebook anymore. If something comes out of this with like VR, that's a that's a thing. Maybe it was a VR meeting. He wanted he wanted to see how the it could, metaverse how it could possibly be incorporated in UFC. Maybe we'll have a judge's cam now. From from we have to put a one of those <laughs> Oculuses on. I feel like he doesn't we'll, care about that. And we'll, but I'm just saying, maybe we have different. You get a cage side view now. By just putting on a, a VR, there's a VR cam set up or somewhere. Look, I don't hate the idea of that so, kind of thing being available, but that doesn't seem like that. What what this was? This was just him and his wife sitting there while he's. And look, granted, you could tell he's an actual fan, right? Like mm -hmm. you watched him throughout this event. The dude was into it in a way that fight fans are into it. I I will respect him for that. I will. I would absolutely not take away from from Mark Zuckerberg that he seems like a legit fight fan, confirming everything that had been reported recently, right? And he's sitting next to his wife, who's reacting in every animated way possible which was like it was like hilarious yeah. and distractingly so at, at certain points <laughs> man why are you bringing her bring bring a friend you must have he must have at least one friend left i know i know he doesn't have most of the people that were you know depicted in the movie uh and yeah. the winklevoss twins would only fight him if they went there but man, just bring somebody who gives a about the fights i don't know it was like he's, such, he's just a dweeb that's what i would he's do. a dweeb okay i'm just saying he's a dweeb yeah well and i did not love that they did Obviously, I'm biased here. I get that. I did not love that they wouldn't let the media in. Now, I'm not even somebody who would have been there. I'm not in Vegas. I don't go to Vegas to cover these fights, but I did not love that the precedent established here. Um, I didn't love that the fighters didn't get to talk to media like that. It's just not the way to handle it. I, I, don't, I don't think that was right. I don't think it was right to not let the fighters' families be in there. I just I thought it was handled poorly. And it was like, why the smokescreen, too? I don't understand the, the stupid, like, dancing around it kind of thing that, that Dana did. Like, we all know what was going to happen. Uh, it was lame. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously worked up about See, it. See, would, I would invite certain media, like, to come and just have a good time. Do what you want. If you want to cover it, no, go for it. If you want to just enjoy it, do it. A lot of famous people like, have come to UFC events well, before and not been bothered by the media. Well, well Spencer can come. Dan Tom. Mm -hmm. Jay can come. Aaron can come. We'll, we'll start there. Seems like you're only naming people that you've interacted with. Yeah, that I like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like other people too. I just don't know them yet. What about Matthew Wells? He can come too. Sure. He's good. Just, you're just going to have a nice big party there. Whoever wants to cover it, you can cover it. You don't have to cover it. Just enjoy the fights. Be a fan for a night. 
And I would do that every weekend I th- if I, just, I had a billion dollars. I, I think it would have been fair to have at least the media be able to come. And the families of the fighters, that, that bothered me, really bothered me. And, and what's his face? Uh, what's his face, of course? John Anik. Mm-hmm. And this is not a knock on John, but it, when he says this, he's, he says, oh, it's a lot of tension here. Like, you can hear a pin drop. I'm like, no one's in the arena, guy. <laughs> no one's there. Of course you can hear it. And this is not this is not Anik's fault. I, I I don't mean to jump down John's throat, but it's like I, I heard that I'm like, come on, <laughs> we know why you can't hear anything. It's this. It's just like the early days of the uh, the pandemic. No one was there. Anyway, all right, I'm I'm done ranting about it. But all right, we got five rounds in the UFC to get to. We'll get to the Bellator rounds later. Let's start with UFC for contested rounds, starting with Jan uh, getting the win over Dern. This was a majority decision, two 48-47s and a 47-47. Mm-hmm. All comes down to round five, and we're only talking about a 10, or excuse me, 10-8, 10-9 split here. So, Dan, what happens in round five? Well, Dern comes out swinging like she knows she needs a finish to get a win. Uh, Jan, she's returning fire, but I think Don, uh, but I think Dern landed a little bit better in that exchange and then dumps her on her head with the classic uh head headlock type hip toss ronda rousey-esque that you uh mentioned the the rousey effect yeah the ronda rousey uh legacy takedown (laughs) that we've seen that we only see in women's mma for whatever reason it's pervasive in women's mma and like doesn't exist in in men's mma i I just don't understand why it's the only thing i can think of is there's the the ronda rousey effect yeah it's a pretty good one she dumped her on her head but, uh, but but like I said to you too, if anyone's gonna get away with it, it's gonna be Mackenzie Dern because if she can throw that takedown, she's not gonna worry about her back getting taken. If there's some sort of scramble to be made, she'll probably yeah. end up on the back. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> if anyone's gonna do it, it should be someone who, who's great on the ground as her. right. But anyway, yeah. So right after the takedown, she she's inside control immediately, slides over, mounts with four minutes left, and start just starts punching. Uh, not the strongest shots. But a lot of them. Uh, she had an opportunity for an armbar. She didn't take it. Uh, a sit-up armbar. It was right there. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure she knew yeah. she couldn't get it because yeah. she knows better than you. Yeah. I would have went for it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she continues to punch uh, and then ends up taking the back because Jan rolls that way. And from here, she's attacking the choke. Nothing really is close uh, there. So she's just throwing a lot of punches. Like I said, they're not super heavy, but... There's a ton of them there. It's total grappling domination for about four, four oh five maybe. Good duration uh, on that. That there's a final ten seconds where she attacks an armbar. It slips and Jan slips out and just starts going crazy, wailing strikes, missing every single one of them. Um, she didn't I, even get one in that. I thought she might have gotten one, but but I mean, I, yeah, I don't, she, I don't. She's not landing well. <laughs> I think actually, I think Dern lands like three. From the bottom, just going crazy, <laughs> you know what? You wailing. Right. Yeah, uh, probably got it landed at least. Yeah, I think we definitely got domination. I think you got duration. I damage is the one that's not the strongest, but I think there is enough of it. So I'm there ten eight. I feel like the way judges that we talk to sometimes explain it, there probably was not enough damage for most of their taste. Is is why we're talking about this just being maybe two Ds. And that all important damage D that we've seen mm. in the last you know year and a half or so, of course, it's uh, that's the one that's more elusive, right? So I I can understand why the judges in question in Nevada, of all places, did not go for the the ten eight here, except for Judge Mike Bell. But man, it, I mean this this feels like the type of round you're supposed to 
say is different, right? It's a, like it's I a say, it's a different round. round. It's, it's a one-sided round. It's a, it's a one-sided round, and it's a different round. I, I feel like you need to acknowledge that, and it's. I'm, I understand that there's nothing in the in the language that says, "Oh, a different round needs to be awarded differently," right? But the, but there is language that's still on the books that says two Ds can consider, and we have two Ds here. So, mm-hmm. uh, by the strict language in in, in the book for this. I feel like you can go eight, and I'm going to go eight. Yeah. So just like you. And just like Mike Bell, it was uh, Judges Sal D'Amato and Janitro Camillo went 10-9 for Dern. And, and again, I, I get it. Like, if, if the premium is placed on damage, it's probably not there. I I wouldn't even fight very hard for it. I, I don't think it's there. But, man, it's just, it, feels, it feels like the right thing to do. And that would have made it a 47-47 if we had uh, – what, what do we have on this one, actually? A catch that over. <laughs> and if we had our way, it would have actually ended up being a majority draw. My um, for Mackenzie Dern. Well, not for Mackenzie Dern, but well, for... I actually scored it. I I actually scored round two a ten eight as well. So my final scorecard was forty seven forty six Dern. We don't have time to go uh, over that. I know now. we don't have the time to we go don't over. Time, it. but I'm just I'm pointing it out that right. that I had two eights in that fight. I and also, Sean Sheehan did not have an eight in round five. He had an eight in round two. So he also he ended up on forty seven forty seven, but with different different round being an eight. Um, Sheehan's not a judging guy; he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah. so uh, Judge Bell, uh, you can eagerly await for your couch side override in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, Mackenzie Dern did get the loss here. I, I, it just feels tough to go that way. I don't know. Like I said, we we could talk about round two. We're not going to. Mm-hmm. I think we can just move on, right? We do have two more fights, two rounds each. And three of the remaining rounds are 10-8 splits. It's all it's all eights and nines in the UFC, mm-hmm. pretty much, except for one round. Uh, so let's move on to Mike Davis, who got the victory over uh, Vacheslav Bor- Borsha. I, I, was, I can't say his name right, but it's Slava Claus. Slava Claus. Slava Claus. We know who we mean. <laughs> uh, but it did not go his way. It went Davis' way. 30-26 twice and a 29-28. So we have two rounds that are divergent here from the same judge. Let's get to it. Round one, sir. Yeah, slower start. Uh, Borschev looking to the body, pumping his jab, some leg kicks. Uh, but Davis wants to wrestle. He gets him down, lands a, a big knee to the head, some follow-up shots. Borschev works his way back up to the feet, lands a couple shots, but then gets taken down and mounted. Uh, and Davis just bashes him with really good shots for pretty much the rest of the round. Big damage in the round, 10-8. Elbows, punches, it was it was it was high damage. Yeah. I, I feel good with that one. I I don't really have much more to add. I, I think I think we've hit a ten eight here. Mm-hmm. I think it's the better score to get. Is it is it offensive to not go there? Offensive? I don't know if offensive. Egregious. I wouldn't I don't know about egregious. Okay. All right. So, so would, what you're saying is say it's not is, the worst thing that Judge Doug Crosby was, was think, the I lone mean, nine here. I mean Borschev had a, some decent offense. On the feet, nothing great. But you know that but, doesn't like, need. I know to it doesn't. Be, yeah, it doesn't need it. Maybe da- maybe he felt Davis didn't have all that much time smashing him. Mm-hmm. It was about a, I'd say maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half of smash. Um, which but, is kind, which but is how, a lot of but time. how peak is this damage we're talking about? Kerry Hatley was was getting ready to jump in there. I feel like once times, you start so, to get to that kind of yeah. talk, though, that's where we ought to be considering the eight pretty heavily, right? Yeah, it's there. I, I the guess. damage is high. Yeah. There is high damage, decent, good to rate. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm on. I like. I think eight's the better score. I think it's. So. I think it's the much better score here. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really love that Doug Crosby didn't give the nine here. Eight nines. 
I'm always a little more permissive of it not going the other way just because it's the language changes all the time with it or not the language, but the interpretation of it. Right. Um, it, it's, it's so in flux and, and I get it. So I'm a little more like, all right, fine. But as far as that goes, like, you know, if, if we put it on that same scale, I still feel like it's on the end. That's like, come on, this really should be an, an eight. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I, I hope all rounds like this would get the eight. Yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, Doug Crosby was on his, was on his own for the nine. We went the other way, same as uh, Mike Bell. Uh, again, the worldwide leader in the eights. And <laughs> and Adelaide Bird, who is not always the most um, likely to give an eight, but or especially when it's a split. But here she was, I, I think she was in the right. Mm-hmm. So good job, uh, Judge Bird and Judge Bell. <laughs> round two. This is our only remaining UFC round that is not a 9-8 split. Yeah, the winner's in question here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get to why. Talk talk about what happened. Yeah. Uh, first half of the round, uh, Slava Claus is winning. He He's doing well on the feet. He lands a couple solid a couple solid rights, uh, but now then he gets taken down and mounted, stuck in a, a pretty good arm triangle. Then he starts eating more elbows and punches to the face. He, Davis kept trying to go back to that arm triangle. Never really got it, but it was a solid attack. And he just he, he ate a lot of damage again. Uh, so, 10-9 uh, Davis here. Yeah. Davis, it's a 10-9 Davis. Yeah, Davis won this round. This is a 10-9 Davis. Like, I, you know, we were we were talking about this a little bit, like, mm. right right at the end of the round or after the round, right? It was right after the round. Um, This, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. You were kind of saying to me beforehand, like, okay, you know, in the beginning of the round, Borshev is, is having some success. Undeniably so. He landed especially that one right that the that the broadcast team really loved, mm-hmm. and and I think he's absolutely ahead. But then it goes down, and he most if you're talking about a pendulum, the pendulum most definitely by the end of those five minutes swung Davis way. Yeah. It just did, and for reasons unrelated, I wish I could have scored this round for for Slava. <laughs> we don't have to get into those, yeah. <laughs> but but no, this is no, it wasn't gambling related. No, no, it was not gambling related. No. You've given up gambling yes. on fighting, if I understand it. Yes. It beat you up enough. Yep. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't beat me up. Oh, no. I, I I was ahead when I when I got out. You were? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the way to do it. But no, I, this, I don't, I really, this is the score that actually has me much more up in arms than the 8-9, right? Because the 8-9, again, I explained why. Here, I think there's a clear winner mm-hmm. in this round. I think it is Davis. I think it's a round that had some offense that went the other way, but, you know, this is almost like, you know, we, we always say like the tale of two rounds, right? This is a yeah, tale of two is, rounds. This is two but also rounds. it's two different halves of rounds. Like this is not, they're not equal. Right, yeah. And that's where I have a major issue with it is that it definitively goes the other way well, that, in Davis' way. That's a reason why I, I don't like the idea of, well, most of the fight took place on the feet. So we're gonna score that more heavy. No, that's a bad way so to I do don't, it. I don't, I don't like that at all. So I don't. That's why I don't like when when Big John says things like that. Yeah, so, that's like an antiquated way to do because they don't teach it that way. We went right. to the ABC and they they made no mention of that type of of way to go about it. Like so, if if the first four minutes is someone winning on the feet, but not like crazy amount, but de- decent amount, then they get taken down and get completely dominated for one minute. We're gonna wait a strike and heavier now. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. So, but I mean, that's, I don't think that's necessarily. Well, who knows? I mean, Doug Crosby's been doing this a very long time. He also, again, had this round uh, in the minority score for Borshev. And you know, you always hear, like, oh yeah, you want to leave a good impression with the judges at the end of the round. Mm-hmm. Man, who left a better impression yeah. at the end of the round <laughs> within two minutes of clear dominance and and damage <laughs> on the ground 
from Davis. Mm-hmm. And it still wasn't enough, right? Like, if that's not going to happen, like, come on, let's dispel the myth of of you need that late takedown to steal the <laughs> round. God, no. That's obviously not what happened here. But no, I, I don't like this score going the way it did from Judge Crosby. I, I really don't. I, th- I don't think it's a good score, you know? Yeah. But uh, at least Judges Bird and Bell, they had it for Davis. And, and ultimately, the right man won on all three cards. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't love the methodology here. I don't think. I don't think this was a good. Uh, I don't think this is a well judged fight from Doug Crosby. Sorry, this is the way I feel. All right. Um, and then our last UFC fight. Again, we've got two rounds here as well, and these are both eight nine splits uh, involving the same judge here. So let's uh, let's look at rounds two and three of Howney Barcelos Barcelos getting the win over Trevin Jones thirty twenty seven twice and a thirty twenty five starting with round two. Yeah. So Jones, he's throwing a lot. He's throwing. Fast shots, hard shots. I mean, he's missing by about three feet. Um, and then he eats a punch that backs him up against the fence, followed by a big, big running knee from Barcelos. Uh, they get back to the middle, and Barcelos drops him with a right, gets on top, lands big elbows and punches. He wasn't really going too hard in, in the volume department on these, but he landed some heavy ones, and coupled with Jones doing almost absolutely nothing, 10-8 Barcelos. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think this is a ten eight Barcelos round. I don't have a whole lot to add. So he cut him. He cut him with an elbow. His blonde hair was turning red. It was yeah, like I said, it was a nice free di- uh, die job that Barcelos <laughs> was giving. That was nice of him to do that. Um, yeah, so so we were both on the same page as Judge Junichiro Camillo here, who had the ten eight. Unlike uh, judges Doug Crosby and Mike Ben, we already talked about how Doug Crosby's. Uh, Giving out nines pretty much only mm-hmm. tonight, no matter what the situation, apparently. But Mike Bell, that one surprised me. I, mm-hmm. I was surprised that he didn't go for the eight here. Um could have been his act. Maybe he didn't see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Side. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not I don't think this was as egregious necessarily as uh, and again, egregious is probably still tough when we're talking about eight nines, but on the scale, I think this is much more like, all right, it's a little closer to it could go the other way. But I feel mm-hmm. good about the eight. I, I like the eight here. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my so, eight. Yeah, and, and so we both feel like uh, we like how Judge Camillo did it. So what does that mean yeah. for Judge Camillo? Couchside override. Bow, 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 bow. Now, I won't, won't put it in the mail yet. I want to try and save on stamps because he is okay. uh, he's also the out judge on this Eight nine split in round three. So let's let's see uh, let's see if he's getting one or two in his package. Yeah, uh, this round basically Jones is a punching bag that throws a few feints and, and moves around the cage for you. Uh, once in a while he'll throw a strike at what you. What a depressing way to be described. Um, Barcello stings him good to all targets. One of them wobbles him pretty good, backs him against uh, the fence, uh, and then obviously gets back to the ground. Barcello's instant mount lands solid elbows here. Punches right when also right when he lands in mount, he attacks Ezekiel very briefly. It's not there, gives up on it and returns to just punching and elbowing. Uh I think we're at a ten eight here again. And again, what helps is Jones just has nothing uh to score really at all in this round. Yeah. So yeah, with, I went the eight two, but this one I thought was even closer to going. Necess- not necessarily there. I think it's more easy. This to one, give... yes, okay. This oh. one was a. I'm not married to this one. Yeah, okay. Just more like more yeah. like seriously dating, like casually, not, not quite ready to introduce them to your parents, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm taking yeah. the metaphor too far. Yes. That's all right. <laughs> it, it happens sometimes, but yeah, no, I I agree with you. I but yeah, I think I think this is the one that was like okay, I, I could see why it kind of go the other way, mm-hmm. but. Nonetheless, we still ended up in the eight column, which, again, we shared with Judge Camillo. So what does that mean for Judge Camillo? K. 
couch side over and we will now send two couchside overrides through the mail that will not get there. Now, one more thing, Dan. I actually do want to circle back a little bit uh, to the Mackenzie Dern fight, right? But we're gonna, we're going to get to the Bellator rounds in just a moment. But I just had another thought: the uh, the fact that this isn't a, a, a ten eight round here from the judges, and I, you know, I I guess I sort of understand the reasoning, right? But on the whole, I'm just thinking to myself now, like, what is it that Kind of, I'm curious how often actually. Let me go this way. I'm curious how often we actually get 10 8 round scores in especially the lighter women's divisions. I'm very curious if there's there's any sort of correlation to like infrequency of 10 8 rounds based on uh you know maybe lighter fighters, right? You got a you got a very in depth data spreadsheet you may be able to filter through that. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about data. That's not what I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I, I, honestly, I really think I'm going to kind of look through this too because I'm curious. Like, it's And, and I'm not saying you have to gift a 10-8 just because, you know, women maybe don't hit as hard. And some of them do. I mean, you know, that's absolutely true. But there's like probably a, a, um, a perception out there that maybe that isn't the case, right? Mm. But at the same time, we have two Ds here. Very clearly, we don't have damage in the most, you know, thorough way, you know, not the most over the top way. There's some damage, but it's not the most over the top. I, and that's why I have a problem with the idea that we we kind of need damage to get there is we have to have rounds that are are dominant rounds in different ways. And I think her round in round five is, is dominant. Well, I think and, and I, it's not, I mean, it's dominant, not just in the sense of the definition of one of the D's, but it's 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 a different round. Right, like I say, it's a different round. It's that's the fourth D. It's a <laughs> D, different. <laughs> I like it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, I think I think it starts with just uh, getting rid of the can consider. Yeah. Like, don't leave it so open. I know, I, and that's really where it comes down to too. Is is the ambiguity there? It kind of creates these situations where you know judges can't get on the same page quite so easily, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it is it's more forgivable when they can't because. There's no reason to think they have to be right. on the same page unless, look, if there's some sort of very clear damage dominance duration there and it's, you know, plain to see and doesn't go the other way, then it's like, all right, come on, guy mm-hmm. or gal. Um, but yeah, when it when it's two, then it's like, OK, I, you know, you can't even really argue it. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, they have their opinion and someone else has their opinion. But yeah, it, it definitely gets frustrating, the fact that there's too much ambiguity in there. But nonetheless, I, I am curious if, if there is... I want to see where the 10-8 rounds are most happening most frequently. I'm going to start looking into that. Okay. Yeah, we, we don't have a show next week. If I get the time to do it in advance, maybe I'll... Uh, maybe I'll Maybe I'll talk a little bit about well, some data. Well, we have a show. We just don't know what it's about yet. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna have a show. That's true. That's true. We survived. We survived the rocky yeah. road that we were on a few weeks ago. And, you know, we almost quit. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever showed that, shared that story. But after we got, uh, you know, the recording ended, Dan and I got into a major fight. I actually knocked out one of his eyeballs, and he put uh, it back in. Yeah. 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 I do that every day. That's weird. Yep. Yeah. All right, that didn't happen. I lied. Anyway, let's go to Bellator. <laughs> Bring on Bellator. We got some Bellator rounds here, and and I will say we have eight rounds to discuss. There is a ninth Bellator round that we will not be discussing. We could not get the information on which round was split. It was from the post limb fight won by uh, Keani Diggs uh, uh, over uh, Ricardo Sejas. I would Sejas. I don't know. 
didn't get to watch the fight. Didn't know which round to watch, so I just kind of skipped it. But uh, I blame Bellator. Bellator's really got to yeah. share those cards. And and look, I appreciate that they have done a lot better in in terms of sharing the partial score cards and all these things. You know, mostly because I've been whining so much. Like I <laughs> I, I will fully admit it. This has been squeaky wheel uh, on my part to make it happen and it's gotten better but it's even still there's still things that don't happen it's like come on you're the only promotion that doesn't get all of these up in some form of another pfl doesn't share them publicly but they share them with the media and the media can then share them as as they please uh, ufc shares them with everybody bellator come on i'm begging you just mm-hmm. help me out anyway we do have eight rounds of bellator to get through five of which came in the last two fights so you know let, let's dive in let's go to the main event first uh with uh, patricio pitbull Got the win, of course, over Adam Boric. Uh, unanimous, 50-45, 49-46, and 48-47. So the progressively closer in terms of score. Uh, although the first three rounds were all 30-27s for Pitbull. Barring a finish or, or some sort of 10-8, he had already locked up victory after 15 minutes. So we're talking about essentially what ended up being superfluous rounds. Let's start with round four. What happened? Yeah, first two minutes, nothing really happens on Pitbull's end. Uh, Boric is throwing single strikes, nothing too much of any substance, really. Uh, he starts to find a home for the inside leg kick. Uh, kind of slappy, a little bit, uh, but better than nothing coming back from Pitbull. Uh, but eventually, Pitbull decides to throw a leg kick that completely off-balances him. Uh, off, off Boric uh, lands a left to the head. Boric uh, definitely has the volume edge in this round, but it's really a lot of just single strikes, a jab or two, a couple inside leg kicks. I think Pitbull landed heavier and was more immediately impactful. He lands a strong counter right in the final 30 seconds. Another good leg kick that off balances Boric. I see both sides, but I think Pitbull's getting the better reaction. So 10-9 Pitbull. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand what you're saying here. And I think it's perfectly fine to go the direction you went. I did go the other way. I just didn't think the volume was quite there. You know, not that volume needs to be there, but I I didn't think that the, the heavier strikes coming his way made up for the volume disparity not that it was huge either but people just didn't throw a whole lot dude yeah he, t- 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 he really he did definitely the first two minutes he took off he did he did um, and honestly boric didn't take advantage like he he's got to know at this point that he's down in the fight i don't really know what was going through his head you could tell his his corner was getting frustrated jared gordon was was really trying to implore him in the uh before the fifth round like come on you gotta get it down mm-hmm. you know um very unfortunate when you see that, of course. But um, yeah, I, I went for Boric. I I thought he did enough. You know, I, it's right. close. I thought he did enough. All right. So two judges agreed with me. Actually, it was Marcel Varela and Chris Crail saw it the same way as me. Derek Cleary had uh, the minority score, just as you did. So we're split here. No overrides. It's you know, it's just uh, just the majority still sides with Boric. All right. And the fifth and final round, sir, what happened here? Yeah, Boric finally starts throwing some combos, and they're being answered by Pitbull with his counters, but I think Boric is still landing a bit better. Uh, but then Boric goes for that jumping knee that was the, the worst decision he made throughout the entire fight. He almost, in, in a few rounds, every time he jumped, he, he ended up paying for it badly. Uh, he gets spun around, thrown on his back. Pitbull takes the back while Boric decides to walk around the cage for a while like he's a backpack. Uh, not much was really going on in this situation. Going to school. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Borg does end up on top on the ground eventually. And uh, lands some, land some, you know, body-body head type strikes. Uh, Pitbull elevates him, causes a scramble, grabs a Kimura, uh, jumps the guard to try to attack the Kimura. Eventually it separates it from the arm. Uh, is cranking it. They fall to the ground and he uses the Kimura to sweep to the top. Doesn't keep the sub, but ends the round on top. Uh, 
due to the sweep. I think it's 10-9 Pitbull. For a round that I didn't think was like very hi-fi, it was kind of low, low fidelity kind of in terms of the action. There's not really like a whole lot of like high spots, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of back and forth. <laughs> you know, it's, there's yeah. like a lot of ebb and flow to the round. Like that, there was there were a few times where I kind of started going one way and then I went the other way. Um, ultimately, I did end up at the same place as you with Pitbull. I thought that the, the Kimura attempt, I, you know. Was he a, was he going to be able to finish it from there? He was obviously slipping off. I don't know, but he he did use it to sweep. Um, it was a good attack, and I thought ultimately that was kind of where it put back over. But again, I I was kind of back, back and, and forth. Yeah. yeah, I was back and forth throughout yeah. that round. I you know I, I understand why it could go the uh, the other way. I guess if you're not giving as much weight, maybe to the Kimura at the end, or maybe some other things along the way, because there are there's enough points in this round where you can see how maybe it doesn't go swing all the way back to to Pitbull. Uh, the way we ended up. Yeah, but. I mean, Pitbull really didn't do much with his back. Uh, no, control, he didn't. Yeah, so. It was just there. I mean, there was no. Th- not, I mean, it's a threat in the sense that he's on your back, and that's not ideal. But like, he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily in he bad just, shape. He was yeah, just a backpack. Yeah, he was just heading off to school. Like, I, I'm going to get my kids <laughs> off in the morning. Just carrying their backpacks. Except usually, sometimes I end up carrying their backpacks for a little bit. But no, they they're, they're getting more. They at, don't have the rollers. I see a lot of kids. No, uh, no, Because no. I live next to a school. A lot of kids walk up the street with, with like, a suitcase with, like, a roller on No, theirs. no, no. They have backpacks that are pretty much the size okay. of them. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not much in them. So, sometimes when there's, like, stuff in them, it actually gets really hard for them mm-hmm. to, to carry. Because they're not big guys. They're, they're still little guys. Um, so, sometimes I'll help out a little bit if there's there's too much. But no wheels. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, I, I get I can understand why I judge Varela. Had a boorish round here, but yeah, probably Pitbull is, I think, probably the way to go, in my opinion, but not such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And also, it didn't matter. It It really just doesn't matter. These two rounds, they don't matter. All three judges knew what had happened. Nothing happened in the way of coming close to a 10-8. So, yeah, I mean, the the end result was secure. You take every round serious, right? But, Mm -hmm. like, at the same time, that it was split here, it's just not a big deal. Mm. Yeah, So, uh, that, that was it. That was it for that one. Moving on to the co-main event, where we're going to talk about every single round here. Every single. It was. Round. It was kind of. It was a weird fight here between AJ McKee and, and Spike Carlisle. You know, McKee, of course, got the decision victory. Three different scores here: 30-26, 29-26, and thirty twenty-seven. So we had one judge who gave one ten-eight, one judge who gave two ten-eights, but one round the other way. And then one judge who gave all three rounds to McKee, but no 10-8s. Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> let's start with round one. Let's peel it back here. Well, like you, this just crazy right out the gates. Yes. Spark, Spark <laughs> Kyle Ale sprints across the cage and throws a, a running kick. Madman. Uh, it's, like, it's fireworks for about 30 seconds. Both guys winging punches. I don't think Carlisle landed more than two, if any. Uh, McKee only had a couple, including a nice knee and a left that off balance is Carlisle to the ground. It was kind of a, we had a, a weird camera angle to that. Not sure if he actually got dropped or not. You it's know, hard when they're the moving beginning. like crazy like this yeah. too. Uh, he could have slipped. I don't know. It looked, it looked like a decent left though. Uh, McGee does get a takedown and takes the back after, but Carlisle turns into him, gets on top. Carlisle's landing some decent shots while on top, you know, about a minute left. McKee reverses, starts a scramble that ends with him getting mount and then back with the body triangle locked in. He lands some good punches, attacking a choke, but Carlisle turns into him about 15 seconds left, and McKee lands some really good elbows from the bottom, and that's what puts it over for me. 10-9 McKee. 
Yeah, I think that's well said. I, you know, I, I don't know if I have too much to add. There's You covered a lot of ground here, obviously. This was a wild fight. It was a wild round. It was a wild round. I don't know that the fight was necessarily as wild. This round was definitely wild, right? Yeah. Um, I ended up in the same place as you. I, I don't want to add too much more to that because we can talk about some other here, other rounds here. But you had, we both had, actually, the same as judges, uh, again, Judge Cleary and Judge Elliot Kelly in the 10-9 McKee corner. And it was Chris Crail who was split here for Carlisle. But I, I get it. I get it. There's there's mm-hmm. an argument here. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, he had it, but I mean, I think Big John scored it for him. He did. In, that's on, right. On the fight, so. he did. Um, now, it, really, Big John, of course, is scoring it in a way that a, a broadcaster is yeah. scoring, and he knows what he's doing, but he's also focused on doing something I, else. I I really like those elbows from the bottom in that final 15 seconds. That I I felt secure going McKee because of those. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think that's fair. All right, but we can move on to the 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 next two rounds here, which is all we're talking about here are, are degrees of victory for McKee. That mm-hmm. it's 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 a wild wild uh, dominance in this round and some weird yeah. stuff happening in this fight. So what's going on in round two? Starts out McKee first strike he throws is a head kick, uh, partially blocked, but you know he lands some nice big lefts on the feet. Uh, Spike, it's a mixture of being tired and and getting hit pretty good that he's getting backed against the fence. Uh, McKee takes him down. He's got him turtled and he's landing some good punches while fish fishing for a choke here. While his father's telling him stop choking him, just beat him up. Uh, because the choke's really not there. Uh, he's smothering Carlisle with his grappling. Uh, but it does get back to the V very briefly. McKee lands some more big lefts before taking him back down. Then he attacks this anaconda choke. Carlisle probably gets away with grabbing the gloves a little bit. A little sneaky uh, action there. Can't grade it. So Doesn't matter. Yeah. It goes through. So <laughs> Whatever's there, it goes through. <laughs> McKee lands some strong knees to the body after uh, Mark Smith tells him, Yeah, get busy. Uh, and then he attacks the Peruvian necktie. One of my favorite subs, by the way. It's uh, a fun one. Doesn't get it, but he stays on top, lands some shots, r- rides out the end of the round. Uh, I think Carlisle in this entire round landed two leg kicks. Uh, he threw a couple more strikes other than that, but the only things he really landed were those two leg kicks. So I- I'm 10-8 McKee here. Yeah, I feel good about a 10-8 here. I think that's fine. Hey, just a, just a general thought here. If you ever go to Peru and you try to buy a necktie, you're going to be disappointed when it's not a submission. I will no no. I would be very happy because I believe from Modern Family, uh, Sofia Vergara calls it the Colombian necktie, where they yeah, but that's different, right? But they slit your throat and put your tongue out through your through right. The that's slit. different. But I don't. Does it does it stem from that? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I imagine the name probably was inspired in some way by some violent way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's this is also violent. It's a joke. I know. Well, yeah. All right. So you're not going to the necktie store in Peru, is what you're trying to say? No. I mean, I wouldn't go in Colombia. I understand. Okay. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's just like a code to to get into like a cool jujitsu gym down there. <laughs> maybe. But I don't know. I don't... Anyway, <laughs> we're neither here nor there. I'm I'm taking it in weird directions, but yeah, we're we're both on the ten eight McKee side, which was the majority uh, round score here, and it was Kelly and Crail who had it the same way as us. Judge Cleary went the other way. I mean, I can understand it. I I, I think I can. Why it wouldn't necessarily be a, a, a an eight here? I like a not an eight here. I I like it quite a bit, but like it's like we were saying before, like if you don't have all three definitively, like you can make an argument, you know? Yeah, it's just the way it is. It's unfortunate, but you know, it's where we are, right? Um, round three. Yeah, Carlisle has a tad more life this round. Surprisingly, uh, he's throwing a bunch of shots early, but McKee's the one that's landing the better strikes here. Good kicks to the body, and he gets a takedown straight to side control. Lands some elbows. The one just you just see the blood just after he lands it just opens up and starts spraying all over his face. Uh 
overwhelming Carlisle in the grappling transitions here. He ends up attacking solid guillotine attack. Blood, again, is squirting out of his head at this point. Um, but Carlisle fights it off somehow. It was very tight. I thought I thought this guillotine was, was quite tight. Uh, Carlisle briefly gets up and takes the back in a, a scramble. But it's, it's, it's short-lived here. McKee scrambles, locks up a toehold, uses it to get back in control of the grappling, finishes the round having Carlisle locked in a super, super tight rear naked choke. As the bell rings, there's another 10-8 McKee. I also have another 10-8 McKee here. I, I think there was big dam- big grappling damage and big regular damage. Yeah, no, I, I so, think I think we're hitting a bunch of beats here. I actually, I, in a lot of ways, I thought this was a better 10-8 round. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. You think you agree? Okay. Yeah, yeah I wasn't sure if I was going out on a limb on that one, but when I was watching I was like, man, I actually found it easier to get to the 8 here. Um, I don't I don't yeah, know what I the difference I, was for, for did, a judge like Judge Kelly, mm-hmm. who was on one side than the other, yeah. but... Yeah, I I thought I mean it's obviously it's different, right? Because they're mm-hmm. sitting cage side, they can evaluate it to a different degree than we can, right? We mm-hmm. I, we understand that. Um, but yeah, I th- I think I think it's okay here. Yep. So uh, what does that mean for Judge Crail? He was the only one who had the eight, sir. Oh, couch side override. <laughs> that might be the first uh package that we're sending the way of Judge Crail. Uh, it's in the mail. Judge Crail <laughs> loves some rhymes all the time. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for the main card. We do, we did, we went all the way down into the prelims. We almost never do Bellator prelims, but we did. We did it here. Uh, there were two split decisions, and then we had one extra round, which we're like, you know what? If we're already done the split decisions here, we got to throw that one in. And I actually thought that that other round was probably the more interesting of the three. We'll get to that last. So let's start. Let's start with okay. uh, the split decision here. Um, with uh, it's Weber Almeida getting the win over Ryan Lilly. 29-28's all around. We are split on round one. What happens in this? Uh, well, not not a whole lot happens. Well, in round one. Round, for a while. one <laughs> round one feels like it's uh, a bit of a feeling out process for almost the entire round. Yeah, it felt that way, didn't uh, it? <laughs> so I, Almeida's got that that similarity to a Machida. Yeah, karate karate. You can understand why training so, with him. Almeida landed a bunch of light kicks. Uh, Lily did have a nice right hand and a couple light kicks of his own, but it's really all Almeida with the light kicks. He lands a big right hook uh, at the end of the round and then a, a good head kick, which kind of put a stamp on it, I thought. Uh, I think Almeida 10-9. I just think the Lily didn't do enough. He had like, the one, he had like one spot. That one, Yeah, that one right that hand. That was really yeah. it. And I don't think you can win that even that round, which for quite a while was starting to feel like a a, a Rose Namajunas Carlos Esparza number two <laughs> situation. It felt like that for a while. I was like, are they going to do anything? Yeah. I really was wondering what the <laughs> heck we walked into. But um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I think I think we had enough output from Almeida, and I just didn't think we had nearly enough from Lily. Even though he, yeah, he backs him up, he you know kind of gets him off balance and everything. But like he's ultimately Almeida is okay. That's one sequence of a five minute round. Yeah, so. I, I I just didn't think it was enough. If he hurts him more, and he's yeah. able to follow up, but, but, even if he's not able to follow up, if he really hurts him, and it's like man, he's really got to recover. It just looked like he was off balance, and he was like, okay, I'm back now. You know, yeah, it just cool. wasn't enough compared to everything else that happened. I felt like so. I ended up on the same page as you with Almeida, right? Mm-hmm. The judge uh, who gave this one to Lily was ja- Jacqueline Denkin. The judges who we saw it with, sir, Raphael Davis and Christopher Liebin. The Crippler. The Crippler. <laughs> Look at this. This is this is the first time that we are talking about a Chris Liebin judged round on the couch side. Hey, judges. we didn't. Frank Trick wasn't there. No, I don't think I, he was. I didn't no, no, I don't believe okay. he worked any of the rounds. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
But yeah, I, I, we knew that Chris Lieben has been uh, working to become an official. He's been mm-hmm. trained to become an official. Um, refereeing is what I had seen him doing before. I wasn't aware of, I'm, I'm sure he's judged fights before, but I was not aware that that was something he was also doing. And sure enough, here he is on the yeah. Bellator card, judging a few fights. Just happy he's up and about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially. So. He obviously had that health scare a while. So, you know, everything looks great from the outside mm-hmm. and, you know, happy to see it. And and happy to see a, a fighter such as him really committing to the sport in a different way. He's putting mm-hmm. his money where his mouth is. A lot of people just, you know, they're like, oh, maybe I'll become a judge one day and show them how it's done. He's actually doing it. Good well, for, yeah. Good, good for, for Chris Lieben. And we saw it the same way as he did. How about that? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's one more split decision. Uh, this one's not judged by Chris Lieben. And it was uh, J.J. Wilson got the victory over Vladimir Tokov. Uh, you know, it's another split, like I said, 29-28s all around. Comes down to round one. Same deal. What happened in round one? Yeah, so I think this round really comes down to whose offense is more effectively contributing to the end of the fight. Oh, that that's kind so, of pretty but I think but of, I, but, of a round. But I, I think this is... It could be like a poster child of a round, I think. Okay. To 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 paint that picture. I guess I see what you mean. Yeah. So okay. yeah, Takov, he's landing some strikes when he's on in top position. This was this was mostly grappling based round anyway. Uh but it's nothing anything that's really strong or all that effective immediately. All the grappling from Wilson is putting Takov in immediate danger of losing. Really solid triangle. Good Kamora early. Uh offense is contributing to the end of the fight. It's ten nine Wilson for me. Yeah, I think so too. Um do you see the argument the other way? I mean, he's just on top pitter-patter, kind of mm-hmm. body-body-head. So you're, or... you're just seeing it as, as potentially, and you know, we don't we can't speak for Judge Rafael Davis here, but you're seeing potentially... Maybe he's, he it saw it stronger. Yeah. Stronger strikes than what I saw on TV. I didn't I didn't think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I'm I, I, look, I ended up on the same page as you, first off. I'm, yeah. Um, j- same way as, as Judges Derek Cleary and Chris Crail. So, yeah, we're in good company there. No offense to, to Judge Rafael Davis. Cleary has a ton of experience, and Chris Crail, I know, has worked uh, quite a while in, in, in California as well. He's gotten a bunch of, bunch of assignments, especially when the UFC comes to town. You see his name now mm-hmm. um, in California. So not that that's the reason you give it to him. I could certainly give it to any judge based on if we saw it the same way, right? But, yeah, I, I feel like this is the right call here. I think you're right. Yeah, I, think, my, well, I my, think it should be a my Wilson argument round. is kind of echoing what Big John was saying on commentary. Sure, which which offense is contributing to ending the fight? Yeah, so that is how it works, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we established. But uh, yeah, I'm okay with that one. Last round, because again, we're not we do not have that post slim uh, score. Sorry, and and unfortunately, that was another Chris Lieben fight too. So we won't uh. talk about it. I don't know which way. Maybe he was the out judge in that one. I don't know. He won't get his opportunity potentially. To get a couchside override, if that was the case, <laughs> uh, maybe next time, Chris. But this last fight, again, not a split. It was thirty twenty seven twice in a twenty nine twenty eight. Very, you know, innocuous on the on the uh, you know quick glance, right? Round two is where we're split. Sumiko Inaba got the win over Nadine Mandiao. I think I hope I said that right. Um, but yeah, so I thought round two was honestly pretty interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really all. Inaba on the feet. Mm-hmm. She's landing strong shots. She dropped it with the front kick to the body. Big shots on top in, in you know the ground situations. But she gets caught in a triangle, and it's a pretty tight triangle. She eats a couple shots while she's stuck in it. I don't think she's in that much danger. I think the arm is back a little bit, where it's it's not choking the other side of her neck. Right. But nonetheless, solid attack, a lot of danger there. I don't think it's enough to take back the round for all the all the striking Inaba had. Right. 
So I'm on 10-9 and Nava. Yeah, I am too. And I, and I was watching this round, and I'm like, how is this split? How is this round split? I'm watching for like three, <laughs> three and a half minutes, almost four minutes, and I'm like, what's going on here? There's nothing happening. I'm waiting for like a boom punch to knock it down. But but no, she gets Mandy. I was able to get that submission in. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. From the angle that we had on television, it didn't look like it was the most danger possible. It was it was a good. I think it was a good attack. Like mm-hmm. in a round that was much closer, maybe you start moving in her yeah. way, right? I just don't think that situation that she was so close to being finished that you go the other way here. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a real strong round for Inaba to that point. That was just made to be a competitive round, but nonetheless a round for Inaba. Yeah. Before we move on from this round. Well, I got to, you know, we, gotta, we should say which oh, judges yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It was right. Derek Cleary yeah. and Chris Crail. Once again, the, the, uh, the Cleary Crail team is on the same page with Inaba. Uh, Judge Varela, who's a New York guy, by the way, yeah, very he, nice guy. Oh yeah, super nice. Met him over at uh, when we were up at the ABC. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he was on the he was the uh, out judge on this one. But I I can who knows maybe he has a different angle at this. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. But, but I, that, yeah, well, you wanted to say something. As I was saying, I'm most what well, I'm not concerned about the score of this round. Oh, what okay. I'm most, well, that's good. We don't talk about judging on this. Round. Yeah, but it, but it, it's it's officiating, uh, official commission based. Okay. What I'm most concerned about in this fight is the fact that the blue corner fighter is wearing red fight gear, <laughs> and the red corner is wearing turquoise blue uh, turquoise slash blue fight gear. Uh huh. Why does it have to be this way? Why? I mean, this is. I understand California has a ton of events. Maybe they can't get a or, or sync this up. But this is Bellator. It's supposed to be a big show. They can say, hey, maybe we just switch corners here. Maybe the person wearing all blue should have blue fight gloves to potentially not confuse the judges these are the best in the world so i'm sure they're used to it they do it probably like i don't know there's a ton of fights almost every single night of the week california, california. is exceptionally so, busy yes so <laughs> i'm sure they're used to things like this but for a big show like this I, I would try to you know leave all potential uh things like this out of it like try i don't understand why it, it confused me for a minute i had to pause and say okay let me let me get my bearings and see who's who here well you're real an quick you're an amateur yeah but still <laughs> I think it's an easy fix to avoid simple confusion. And are you aware that this was the, basically this whole thing about the color of of equipment was what led to like a 40 minute just total distractionary piece from the rules voting that was happening in uh, in ABC? No, I was not. Aware oh, of that. yeah. So I was covering it. Right. So I was up there in, in Niagara as they were Andy Foster's up there presenting two potential rule changes the the first of which was to officially allow five minutes to recover to match the the way mm-hmm. uh we do low blows to do that for uh it was i po- it was i pokes i believe okay. it's i pokes i'm now i'm at this yeah, point yeah, in the I'm, night I'm, I'm actually just kind of forgetting sure. but i'm almost positive it was i pokes at any rate um andy's thinking and he, he vocalized this several times <laughs> that he was thinking this was the one that was going to get everybody fired up <laughs> Not at all. Everyone pretty much was just like, yeah, that's fine. It was like implicitly like, yeah, this is okay. They go over to the other one, which was to make it so that if you have a neoprene sleeve, which is already uh-huh. legal, the, the neoprene sleeve is already legal. It had nothing to do with like adding mm-hmm. it or not, right? All we're doing is legislating the color that's allowed so that you can only use either a neutral color, like a black or a white, or the color of your corner, red or blue. If you're in the red corner, you can use red, blue, blue, just like you're kind of asking for, right? So Spike Carlisle's pink ankle sleeves versus McKee, would that be considered neutral? 
No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. Which is crazy that it happened in California. I didn't even okay. think about that. I. That's a fantastic question. I'm sure Andy's like, well, why is this happening? I'm not, I can't do it, Andy. I don't want to do. I don't want to insult Andy. <laughs> I have too much respect for Andy Foster. Um, but I mean, he's got a distinctive voice. Let's put it that way. Anyway, um, yeah, it was all like everyone was getting off topic about the idea of mm-hmm. why these things should even be allowed or not for competitiveness. And it truly was just about the color. It was already on the books. Everyone's debating something that's already on the books. Mm-hmm. At some point along the way, all of these people sat in a room and said, yeah, approve. Mm-hmm. But now is the time that they decide to have debate over the whole thing. And it's just about the color. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It wasted a good 45 minutes. Uh, and I've already gone on too long about this too, but yeah. So uh, it kind of ties into what you're talking about with the, the the shorts color and that kind of thing. But no, I don't believe there's anything on the books that actually says you cannot do that. Maybe there will be, and then that will lead to another uh, terrible distraction. I mean, of the a only thing the only thing I can think of is maybe the gloves are custom fit for the fighter, and they don't know what what kind what color trunks they're wearing the night of the fight, but and they got to put the order in ahead of time, obviously for the gloves. I don't know how that works. I couldn't but, tell you. That's really it. the only but, thing. But you I can know, think I mean, they, there's advertisements on there and everything like that. Those shorts can't just be put. You typically, I don't believe they're put together the night of. No, no, no I know, but right. I'm saying. But you see, the fighters wearing red. You're gonna put the glue, blue gloves on her. Mm. Can't you just say, let's put a pair of red gloves on you instead? Well, sometimes there's a reason, obviously, that they'll put them in one corner or another, especially mm. when it's a championship fight or, or whatever. You know, the challenger's yeah. in the blue corner, the champion's in the red corner. This, obviously, the one you're talking about, this fight is not a championship fight. Like, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I just think for a big show like Bellator, it's something that, that could be easily done. No, I'm not saying for smaller shows. I mean, that, that's probably a bit more difficult. I have no idea. So. I, that, that one's, that's above my pay grade, or, or I really I just haven't asked about it. That's mm. That's what it really comes down to, so, but... No, I mean, I, I just again, I thought this was an interesting round. It was, I thought it was the more interesting of the three rounds on the prelims, just because there was actually yeah. like, it's like, well, why are we even talking about this? And it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's why, why we're talking yeah, about that. That's yeah, why it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough. I, we finished with this marathon of of contested rounds. Uh, move on to the finishes, guy. Six in the UFC, three subs, three TKOs, four ended in the first round. Bellator had four finishes, one sub, three by a TKO or KO, except two of those were injury TKOs, um, which is, you know, one of those, like, unfortunate type of key. Dr. Stoppage! You know? Yeah, well, yeah, one was, one was a Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva type loss. Yes, that was, was an unfortunate, uh, it looked like a broken shin or something. Yeah, it didn't look as gruesome as the other, as those two were. It looked. I, I was able to tolerate this one a bit. Somehow. I mean, I at this point I've become yeah. so desensitized mm. to all of that. It's ridiculous. I used to be like I, I wouldn't watch like my mom would watch like let's say like ER or a show like ER, right? And they mm. were doing like surgeries and then something would come on on the TV. I'm like, I can't look. I can't look. And now I'm just like, oh, that guy broke his ankle. <laughs> He's trying to walk on it and he See, fell. If if I know it's like <laughs> watching replays of it is tough, but watching it live, I'm kind of like, oh wow, that's that's not good. Knowing it's going to happen on a replay, I'm always just bracing for it and getting ready. And it's like, oh, I know, I know, so. like hardcore wrestling fans who like no, they know no. all the, but they they know all about like Sid Vicious, right? Yeah. Oh, God. and and they can't watch it. And I'm like, I could watch it a bunch. I it, mm. it, whatever it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not like sitting there salivating it, watching <laughs> him break his leg. I'm just like, I I can I can stomach yeah. it. It's fine. Um, anyway, we're we're very off topic here. We have. <laughs> Favorite finishes. I'll just spoil it for you. We didn't pick anything from the actual Nothing UFC. The, 
well, it was from this week, weekend. though. It was from this week. You you went with one. Uh, I'll, I'll you, you can do it. What was your favorite finish of the week? Uh, of the week, Tuesday night, Bo Nickel uh, getting a uh, triangle, ditching the mount to attack the triangle, being so confident in his grappling, locking it up, getting the tap. It was awesome. That kid is going places. You, you know, I've got a, I've got an ad campaign for him that he might want to try. It's never been done before. Bo knows. And we have him do, <laughs> like, different sports. Okay. And that would be kind of neat. I, and maybe he could even, like, try a different sport, yeah. like, while he's in season of another sport. Could do that. No one's ever done mm-hmm. this before. I think it'd be yeah. wild. Maybe start a TV show called Pro Stars. I would, like, yeah. Pro Stars. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. You, this is not the first time you've brought up Pro Stars, I think, on this show. It was one of my favorite shows <laughs> as a kid. I, I liked watching so. it, too. There's only like seven episodes. It's not that many. <laughs> Maybe it's more than that. What uh, What about you? So, again, my, my favorite finish also was not from UFC or Bellator. And it wasn't even from a, a, a UFC spinoff like yours. Mine came from Invicta. Middle of the week, former guest of the show, Jillian DeCourcy, who I wrote about for New York Post. Did a feature on her, went out to her gym, spoke to her. She gets the win, the 105-pound championship of Invicta, which is essentially it's, it's the the North American champion, right, is what it really comes down mm-hmm. to. She's the North American Adam Weight champion now. But the way she did it, I, th- I thought, was really great. She had a nice little back. Did you watch this, by I the did. way? Do you, you went back it. and watched it? Okay. Yep. She had a really nice back take. It was it was very slick because she was kind of up against the cage, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's clinched up. It's not a great spot. This was something I actually watched her train. Not this particular move, but I watched her working from trying to escape from her back on the cage, right? It was mm-hmm. just, you know, they drill everything, right? This was just the day I was there. Um, but, yeah, she gets out and rapidly is just – she's on the back. It was, it was wild. Yes. Great, great back take. Sees their opportunity. And and able to lock in the rear naked and got it just the tap just before the end of the round. Mm-hmm. Champion. She's really impressive. Champ. Yeah. So that New York has a champion. The number one atom weight in the world. Well, not exactly. Okay. It's it's definitely debatable. You know, we don't know because Ryzen has a very good division over there. Um, it might have been according to Tapology. Is it topology? Topology might okay. be number one. And I'm not trying to slight her. It's just, yeah. you know, there is there is debate here because mm. there's, um, oh, good. I'm, I forget her name. She just competed over the weekend, actually, um, at one. One championship also has. Oh, Stamp? No, not Stamp. Not stamp? Or maybe she didn't compete over the weekend. It's Angela Lee? No. 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 Okay. No. Oh. Anyway, one, one throws a monkey wrench well. into everything. I did not watch one, actually. So I had a big weekend <sighs> She's like she's like 5-0 and or 6-0 and in MMA, and she's already number one in this weight class, okay. which is why it's like, man, it'd be interesting to watch a crossover situation yeah. with Invicta. And that's why, really, I just want the UFC to get on board with putting a, the atom weights in there at this point. Okay. We don't need featherweight in the UFC anymore. They they have proven for years they're not supporting this weight class. You know, yeah. Ch- Chelsea Chandler just won over the weekend. They were saying, like, she would prefer to fight at 45, and there's, like, nothing for her. Mm. It's like if you're not even gonna give someone who wants to fight at that weight class, like get rid of it. I you, you want to have Amanda Nunes have the belt until she's done with it. Okay, fine. But let's why don't we add an atom weight division? Let's bring in the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Let's let some of these straw weights that are in the UFC who want to go down let them go down. Okay. I think it'd be fascinating. I think it's time. I think it's long past time. All right. Yeah, that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there is no UFC or Bellator this weekend, dude. No. We got another. There's another no one. Go. There's no. I don't think there's Ryzen. There's no PFL. Yeah. No Invicta during the week. Well, UFC's cleaning the apex after that crazy party they threw. Oh my God. All those people there. Don't get me started again. 
You really want to go there again? <laughs> no, that's no, you good. don't. We're you good. really don't. <laughs> no one came to the Facebook event. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So UFC's back the next week in Vegas with a fight night. Bellator doesn't come back until October 29th, end of the month, and uh, NPFL doesn't come back until November 25th. By the way, in New York, did I you know. know that? I I did after I saw it written here. Oh. Well, that's so, good. So I revealed it with yes, the, the outline. Okay. You did. Are you going to go? I'm possibly. You should go. It's I'm right here. See... And, this, and this is the championship event. I Shane know. Burgos if is I fighting can, on it, too. He's I fighting can... against Marlon Marais. There's a good fights here, dude. If Shane can get me floor seats, I'm in. <laughs> Last time he got me floor seats, kind of. He fought on the card. I don't think so he I'll, had any involvement I'll in credit, it, though. I'll give him the credit for it, though. But but he didn't do that. He might have. He, he, I mean, I'll, I'll, I can ask him. Yeah, let's ask him. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but you should go. I mean, and it's also pay per view, by the way. So if you're gonna watch it at home, you still have to pay okay. for it. So you might as well yeah. just go. All right. If it's already here, yeah, you I, know? yeah. I will not be at UFC. It's not gonna be five hundred dollars to get in the door. I hope. I for this don't one. know what the tickets are going to be. I I think they might have sent that information out. I got to double check. Yeah, if you, well, if you get that information, give it to me. I I can almost guarantee it's not five hundred to get in the door. Okay, you know that's it's, what it's still a th- it's at the Hulu Theater. It's I don't think anything in that. I like theater the Hulu costs. Theater. It's it's a nice intimate venue, yeah. but also there's especially when I was there last time over the summer, uh, there was a lot of cranes in the way and obstructed yeah. views, and I didn't love that. Mm. Okay. Kind of bothered me, mm. but. I sat off to the sides. If you're able to sit anywhere in the middle, I bet you're in a much better shot, a uh, better okay. spot. All right. Good to know. Yeah. All right. That does it for this episode. We'll be back again on Monday. Uh, Scott may have some data for us. We'll probably have a past judgment. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We, maybe we can talk about some other. There's some other things going on in the in the, in the the judging world, other rounds that, that have been of interest and things like that. So All right. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.